Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. We'll be talking about Thanksgiving today, kind of getting a jump on it. Although, you know, Thanksgiving has just changed for our society. It used to be one day, one day. Now it's maybe like two days. Oh, wait, I was speaking with a teacher this week. Oh, they're off the whole week. So some people have some people left like last Friday to get where they're going so they can be there and all situated. It's just different. It's not bad. It's, it's just different. So I want to talk about today our gospel lesson. Before we do, though, uh, Nori, I'm going to throw you a curve if I could. And I'd like to see the Old Testament lesson that Larry read just a little bit ago. It's from Psalm 136. But that was fast. Whew. So there's two sentences here, and this is how it works this morning. Uh, you folks are the first sentence, okay? This is pretty easy. First sentence over here. This is the second sentence over here. And we'll just kind of review this, what I just said. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. That's what you say. His love endures forever. All right, we got this down. How many times are we going to do this? Are we going to do this like a lot, a lot, a lot? No, we're going to do it four times. That's just not a lot, but, you know, we're going to get into the mood and we're going to get this down. So I'll help with starting over here and then over there, and then it's just going to go. Like after they're done, you start again. Here we go. On the count of three, one, two, three. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. That's pretty nice. By the way, you know forever is not just a time. The psalmist talks about and his love endures to the next generations. All right, let me get on. For those of you who are timing, now you can start. I think that almost everybody knows about these lines from the gospel for today that I read just a little bit ago from Luke. Only one leper returned to say thank you. And I remember that from Sunday school, if I had a guess, you folks do too. And the emphasis was on thanking God for what he has given, not just to the lepers, but then also to us. Emphasis on in our home was write a thank you note every time you get a present. I get that. You know, and I wonder what the reason was for only one of those lepers to come back and to say thank you. So here are some of the reasons that I read. There are some, I think there are nine reasons why nine of them did not come back. They're not going to be on the screens. You just have to listen. One waited to see if the cure was real. One waited to see if the cure would last. One said, well, I'll see Jesus a little bit later. One decided that he really never had leprosy. One said he would have gotten well anyway. One gave glory to the priests. 
One said, oh, well, Jesus really didn't do anything. One said, you know, any rabbi could have done it. And one said, you know, I was already much improved. Yeah, I wonder what the real excuses are, what they were. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. And the story of ten lepers being healed is not a complicated one. As I said, I learned it and I kind of got it from Sunday school and it stayed with me. Pretty good story. Jesus is traveling and he's in that region. This is pretty critical. He's in that region between Samaria and Galilee and he comes to these ten, the outcasts. Last week when some people were leaving church, I like to shake people's hands. And there are two of them that were coming out pretty quickly after worship. They weren't running, but they were coming out pretty quickly. And I stick out my hand, and they go, no, no, no. Of course, I always think, don't you like me? But they, no, 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 we're kind of getting over a little illness. I said, well, then let's just do this and kind of did the, the elbow thing. And then I told them what they needed to do. I said, if you're sick, or at least a little bit sick, and you're coming and you're passing by, you need to do that which the lepers had to do when others would pass by the lepers. And that is to call out, unclean, unclean. Now, mind you, you're thinking, Pastor, way to treat people on Sunday morning. I was joking. They got the joke. Actually, they're in worship today. You can try to determine who it is later. But that whole business of passing by, and these people are outcasts, and all of the Gospels, the Matthew, the Mark, the Luke, not John, but those three, they're quoting the, the Old Testament Leviticus laws that the people who had leprosy had to wear torn clothes. No, I'm not going to do that, but torn clothes, and they had to call that thing out of unclean. And they had to dwell. Here it is. This comes out of Leviticus. They had to dwell in a camp outside of town. You know, get away from everybody. And so they're really, here's the word, they're exiled. They're pushed out. They're pushed away. They're exiled. And if somebody happens to come by, they've got to yell that thing out. Remember? Unclean. So Jesus hears this. They're calling. Whether they're making a ruckus of unclean, heal us, or whatever that is, there's this ruckus going on. And Jesus notices that as he goes by. And he tells them, this is pretty simple stuff. He says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Go to the temple, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. By the way, there's there's no huge story here. This is not some big theological issue, or it's not a long, long parable. It's not like, well, here it is, and this is what it means. The only punchline is one leper returns, and Jesus says, is this it? And by the way, you know that leper, and it's not my words, it's right out of Scripture, and that one that returned was a Samaritan. I said it before, I'll say it again. So Jesus is traveling kind of in this border town, this border time and and area, Samaria and Galilee. He's traveling there. 
And this, is, this, this makes me think, this border issue makes me think not just of Jesus' time, but now of our time, of the Middle East. And I think about borders are huge in our world. They are so important. And these borders between not just towns, but borders between countries. I think about refugees. I'm not going to get into this whole thing, but it just makes me think about border. When Jesus is traveling in between and kind of along that route, I think about refugees and I think about Turkey and I think about Syria and I think about all these refugees. And and then I think about us and we focus on homeland security and securing our borders. And that's a huge issue. I'm going to get off in just a second. But borders is where wars start. That's where people have guards and make sure that people don't come in that aren't supposed to come in. And barbed wire and guns. And and borders can be really scary places. We like our borders. We like to have our territory delineated. In other words, this is mine, this is yours. This is the border, don't cross it. By the way, in personal life, we like our borders. We call those rules. Don't cross this rule. Don't break that rule. This is a rule. Don't cross that. It helps us live, I guess, in our society. However, there are like some really scary borders in life, too. Kind of that in between. I think about the border that came down or that wall that came down in Berlin. Boy, you try to get out of East Germany. (laughs) People didn't want to let you out, let alone some of them. They don't want you to come in in certain areas. Then I think of, and this is not political stuff, I think about North Korea and South Korea. And I think about that space in between those two borders. You know what that's called? Kind of no man's land. I know DMZ, I get that. But there's no man's land. It's like, oh no, what do we do with that? Don't go in that. That's no man's land. And then I think about you, and I think about me, and I think about no man's land. When are you in no man's land? The times that you and I wait, and we're not here or we're not there. We're we're in no man's land. We're waiting for tests. We're waiting for diagnosis. We're waiting for healing after surgery. We're waiting for... um, Well, here we are, Thanksgiving, not day, week. We're waiting for a loved one to show up. Or we're waiting for a a loved one to say, yeah, I'll join you for dinner, or no, I can't. Or we're waiting for help in some other situation. Or we're, we're waiting for someone that really needs to give us some care. Maybe for not just our bodies, but for our hearts. And so the challenge for Jesus is he's in this border, this border town. And he comes and he moves, I think, moving it to us. I think he comes and he moves in our borders, in our lines. And I think that sometimes Jesus, and let me get through this whole thing before some of you walk out. I think that Jesus sometimes throws us into some confusion. Because sometimes this Christianity thing is not easy. 
Because he crosses lines in society that you and I have maybe said, well, these are some good lines that we have. Or at least, if they're not laws, at least it's how we think. And these are the lines that we have drawn, and this is what's helpful. And he, drew, he, he crossed lines in, in his day when we talked about Samaritans and, and healing people. And maybe even, here's, a, here's a weird, maybe even touching these people makes me think about back in the 80s when I touched somebody with AIDS. And back then it was like, oh no, what is that? And I'm, I'm thinking about, I remember touching that man for the first time. And then these 10 leave. And Jesus says, you know what? I'll cross the border and I'll come to you you go. And then you go and show yourselves to the priests at the temple, and one of them kind of goes and maybe turns that about face. And he throws himself at Jesus' feet. And I think that must have been an uncomfortable moment for the disciples. Jesus has crossed a border there too, that a Samaritan and a Samaritan with leprosy is at Jesus' feet probably grasping and clasping and touching Jesus. You know, it makes me think about this morning. This is the uh, 24th. Makes me think about what you would have done. Yeah, I'm pointing at all of you. I wonder what you would have done. Where would you have been? Would you have been with a gang of nine or would you have been with that one Samaritan who did that about face? You know, I have to tell you, I admit I'm going to admit to you this morning, I probably would have been with the nine. Sometimes I don't follow rules, but on this one, I think I would have followed the rules. I really do. I think I would have followed the rules. You see, that's what good and faithful people do. If I had a guess, a number of you, probably all, if not all, uh, at least close to all, would have followed the rules. Rule, don't cross the border. Don't, don't cross that stuff. And I think our lesson for today can be, you know, sometimes breaking the rules, the regular part of life, and crossing the border is exactly what's called for. Exactly. To cross the, the, the lines that society has placed in between us and them. By the way, whoever them is. Maybe, just maybe, not on this day only, but on this kind of week, as I told you, this is all elongated with thanksgiving. And then maybe way beyond, we're challenged not only to be healed ourselves, to be reminded of the healing that comes to us. We're also, we're also challenged to, to cross the border, to step over, and sometimes even into no man's land, except we really know it's not no man's. It's God's land, and he wants us there. You know, you and I have received the healing. Your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We already have the healing. The healing comes from Jesus through the cross and the empty tomb. 
And he brings us that forgiveness and, and the life forever. And then back here, that forgiveness to be lived out here. I wonder if you and I aren't called on not just Thanksgiving, but again the week, to, to move beyond our own spaces and to cross the border to meet somebody where they are instead of expecting them to come to us. Oftentimes we think, well, I, I can do that. Y'all come on over here. Step over, cross the border over to me. I quote her a fair amount, Barbara Brown Taylor, and here's something that came out of a sermon that, she, that was shared. Nine behaved like good lepers, good Jews, only one a double loser. Remember? Samaritan and leprosy. He behaved like a man in love. Oh, I think that's a great line. Behaved like a man in love. You know how hard, how hard we work to try to be obedient. Let me do the things I'm supposed to do and follow the rules. But I wonder how much we are really in love with God and will go wherever God calls us to go. Wherever it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. The Gospels talk about that. And I wonder if you and I know what it is to love the Lord our God with everything that we got in action. And it pushes us. It pushes us beyond our borders and beyond our comfort and beyond our thinking. I want to read you a letter right now. For those of you who are mildly paying attention, you can maybe pay attention a lot right now because this letter, I think, is pretty decent. It's written by, the by a woman by the name of Lois Kaufman. And Lois had just lost her husband of many years, and she had two operations for tumors. And she wrote this letter to Jesus. Never written a letter to Jesus before, but she wrote this letter to Jesus. This is a true story. It begins like this, a bit of sarcasm, dear Jesus. I've written a lot of thank yous lately, but this is my first one to you. Until now, I didn't appreciate your gifts to me these past several months. Thank you for taking Don home to be with you. Now, I'll never be concerned with what the future holds for him. His days are guaranteed. Thank you for giving him such a wonderful Christmas. Thank you for making his birthday last Sunday his best ever. Thank you for putting me in the hospital three weeks after he died and showed me the way you could use his death in my life. I wasn't always sure how to approach others with the gospel, but now you have given me so many openings, I can hardly handle them. Thank you for my most recent surgery, for the lessons it taught me, especially for showing me how much I needed you. Thanks for letting me see what it's like to face surgery and suffering without you as I watched the difference in the lives of my roommates. Thank you for the lessons Becky and Lori, her daughters, have learned from this. 
I could never have taught them the way you did. That's because of the great teacher you are. You know, Jesus, I wouldn't have planned my life this way. In fact, I would have planned it just the opposite. I would have sought to avoid death's knock. I would have ducked out of the surgeries and tried to pretend that Christians were kept well by all were kept well by you all the time. But I would have missed so much. The kids are sorry they couldn't be with their daddy on Father's Day, but we were glad when he could be with both his earthly and his heavenly father this year. Oh, I could go on with this letter, but I could never cover everything I have to thank you for. I'll send more, but for now, please accept this as the beginning. Gratefully yours, Lois. You know, when we read something like this, you and I can, eat, you, we can go either way on it. We can conclude one of two things. Either this woman has lost her mind or she has chosen to put her entire confidence in God alone. By the way, that's a, a choice that we all make. We all make that choice. Ten lepers calling out unclean. Jesus crosses the border and heals them. I challenge you to cross some borders. And I challenge you to see how God walks right alongside of you. Even, and maybe especially, in those challenging times. So maybe this morning the greeting is not Happy Thanksgiving Maybe it's just enough to say thanksgiving. Amen.